0: What's up, good people? Thank you for taking the time and listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. Please, go visit the M-W Tactical store at www.m-wtactical.com forward slash store and help support our efforts by purchasing a shirt or two. If you haven't done so, go follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for M-W Tactical. All right, good people, welcome to another episode of the M-W Tactical Podcast, and I guess we're one month in into the whole COVID-19 process of, what well, some people are calling the quarantine, but either way you look at it, I'm quarantined in the studios with the mad scientists at this <laughs> moment. <laughs> How's it going for you,
1: Dave? It's going all right. I'm still healthy. I'm still here. Happy to be here. Yeah, uh, that's what I
0: said. I'm happy to be here also. Um had a conversation in regards to the whole COVID-19 process. And mm-hmm. honestly, I, I'm on the fence. It can go either way with me. And when I say that, I'm thinking a lot of these numbers are inflated. Because when you do the math, you know how they say men lie, women lie, numbers don't? When you do the math, it's not adding up to me. So I'm still on my original thought process that we are overreacting but that necessarily is not a bad thing
1: yeah i can't i can't decide either i don't know i don't know how to feel about it you can manipulate numbers to you know show things that you want them to represent and i, and I don't know if that's what's happening but i think it can be misleading you you certainly can mislead people with numbers
0: oh yeah i'm a, I'm a firm believer in that because It's just like anything else, you can take a little section of something and word it to work in your favor. And sure. Yeah. And I think that's what's taking place right now. But either way you look at it at the end of this, there's going to be a new norm that's going to be taking place.
1: So you it it may be that we're blowing it out of proportion. I don't know. I I can't decide either, but it's nice that we're taking precautions because this this thing is killing people, you know. Mm -hmm. Not to say that some other virus wouldn't either, but this is something new that we don't currently have a vaccination for. And that's kind of the the scary part of it for me. Um, You know, you've got flu vaccines that, you know, different strands of flu and stuff that come up every year. But normally they try to make vaccines, you know, to follow that up. But, you know, and maybe it'll be the same case here. Maybe we'll have something.
0: Hopefully, before the fall, of, yeah. I I heard, yeah, I heard something um the other day on the radio. Um, and it pretty much stated that they had the opportunity to come up with a remedy for corona when they had the SARS scare a couple years ago. Okay, and they didn't take the opportunity to do it, but once again. I wasn't there. I wasn't privy to it, but I was driving and heard it and really didn't really pay attention to it just to hear what they were saying. But just like anything else, when it doesn't go right, everybody starts pointing the fingers. Oh, sure. And and who's to say that they would, uh, you know, have a
1: vaccine for, for this strand of Corona? I mean, there, I think there are like eight different strands circling around the world right now. So I, it's the, the Corona virus has been around for, you know, a long time. But it happens to be a new strand
0: that, you know, we haven't seen before. And right now, like I said beforehand, the beginning of everything, when they started making a determination of how it's affecting people, it's still hitting people with, you know, who have health issues, low immune systems, you know, and that's what you got to be careful for. My cousin that lives up in New York supposedly contracted it, and but she also had other health issues related also. So she goes for dialysis. She has lupus. Oh, and, man. Yeah. She has like a ton of health issues related to her. And of course, I just got the word on Sunday that, you know, she in the hospital for possibly having it, you know, yeah. An induced coma in relation to it with her health situation really Um, wow yeah like i said i I haven't got the full rundown of it it was just my brother had Mm -hmm. called me and he broke it down to me a little bit so when i called up there to talk to her daughter my cousin as well nobody answered the phone but then again look at the seriousness whatever's going on up in new york whereas for us, everyday life is just what it is, but with the case being so high up there, I'm pretty sure it's the hustle and bustle now of survival taking. Place.
1: Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I know the the hospitals and facilities there are overwhelmed. Oh, yeah. We we don't. South Carolina hasn't
0: seen it that bad yet. Yeah, I've seen a couple videos, and of course, whenever you see something on Facebook, sometimes you got to take it with a grain of salt. And a couple of these videos were like refrigerated trucks. So I'm not certain what they're doing with the bodies after they pass away.
1: Yeah, Since I don't know.
0: Yeah. have a funeral service right. or gathering to do stuff like that. So I don't know how true that is. So I don't really want to talk about that. And I haven't researched it. Yeah. So like everything else, I really don't like to talk about nothing. Unless I'm asking a ton of questions about it. Sure.
1: Minute. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know if um I'm not sure what to do. This is something that none of none of us have ever seen before. Um, it seems like a good option, I guess, kind of morbid sounding. But what do you do? It would help slow the body decomposition. So it, I don't know. It would. But what
0: would it do for <laughs> that strain of Corona? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you know, once you, once you put them in that truck, you got to open it back up and yeah. that reinfect everything all over again. Jeez, I don't know. I'm sure it could. Um, now is this a case of do you burn the bodies that are mm. positively uh, positive um, infected, or do you bury it? <laughs> Which way do you go? Because certain places overseas already started doing like a cremation process it seems like a good option (laughs) i don't know yeah but you know once again once that religion realm is crossed well yes yeah yeah, what if you didn't want to be cremated or you want to be buried you know or you didn't or vice versa put it like that yeah Hmm. yes it's it's one of those things whereas regardless of how you talk about it everything is a touchy sure yeah subject you know it's crazy but since the covid-19 pandemic has taken place it did bring in a lot of new gun purchases for it did. a lot of first-time gun buyers and you know
1: it unfortunately it came to this before people started taking their uh, self-defense seriously but I'm I'm glad to hear that you know, different people are
0: now. Yeah, And earlier, what, two weeks ago, conversation I had with someone who I'm going to keep nameless, that this person was totally against anybody having firearms. So when matters take place in the country, school shootings, that shooting in Las Vegas, it yeah. turned a lot of people to that direction of, Nobody needs guns. Then the argument came about, well, you don't need military-grade firearms. And when you sit there, you start talking to people about certain things. It actually shows they really didn't do the research, and they're just regurgitating what other people are saying. Yeah. yeah. My whole thing was when you go to the store and purchase a firearm, you're not buying a military-grade firearm. No, you're buying a replica because the firearm I use in the military is nothing like I'll go buy at Palmetto State Armory or CSR shooters or wherever else you go buy firearms. At. No,
1: unless you're spending like $30,000 on that firearm, you're not even getting close to a military grade firearm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. And the analogy that I used when I was talking to this person was I like to watch NASCAR, but When I see that Ford win that race, when I go by that Ford Mustang, that Ford Mustang is nowhere in comparison to that NASCAR. (laughs) It just it might look like it. It looks like it. That's all. That's it. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) That's the (laughs) replica. Yep. But um, also when we was talking about that um comparison about new gun owners coming into you know purchasing (laughs) firearms because of The pandemic and people are actually thinking what could come if this isn't rectified by officials and government Mm -hmm. was don't laugh at the people who were totally against guns because you also have bandwagons, you know, and if this was a Super Bowl, how many people, oh, I don't want this team to win. And after they win, oh, I always supported them. You know, yeah. it doesn't matter because the act already happened. But now that you understand and you got something to protect yourself, don't laugh, don't criticize, don't down talk. Let's educate and bring everybody onto the same sheet of music. You
1: know? Oh, that's and, a that's a good message. I like that. Um, yeah. I, I think it's great. Anything that has bringing, you know, new gun
0: owners. Um, and one thing. I do every month, and I publicized this a long time ago when I first started doing it. And I kind of slowed down with doing it, and I shouldn't never have. But what I do is once a month, I give my handgun one class for free. You know, so anybody can come to it. I don't charge anything. It's just, okay, we're doing handgun one. All right, this is what we're going to start at. Wow. We just go into the class. You know, that's,
1: that's I mean, great option um, you know yeah. it, it's great that, that there are a lot of new gun owners now, but it's also necessary for for people to know how to use their firearm safely and how to just keep it in your home safely mm-hmm. uh, prevent accidents from happening. You have to I mean it almost becomes a lifestyle when you're when you're a gun owner you have to you know know what you're doing with that gun at all times and know where it is
0: at all times make sure it's safe and it doesn't get in the wrong hands. Um, one seminar I went to, the person who was talking at the seminar, pretty much stated, every bullet that comes out that firearm in a self-defense scenario is a hundred thousand dollars each time. Oh yeah, it definitely could be. Yeah, so um, that doesn't open your eyes right there. <laughs> you're in the wrong. Yeah. Wrong field. You um,
1: you know, if you had to use it in a self-defense, you know, scenario, you you hopefully we'll survive that scenario because you're prepared. But after that, you know, then you, then you have the legal actions that you have to do with.
0: Yeah. So, like I said, my, my whole thing is with new gun owners or anybody who's new to firearms, or if you're just getting reengaged into it, you know, if you live in the Columbia, South Carolina area, please hit me up. If you don't live in the South Carolina area, hit me up anyway. We'll talk about, we'll work something out, but the most important thing is getting trained with that firearm. You know, how to use it, how to store it, do the don'ts, the four firearm safety rules. You know, it's a lot to bring in, but it's actually easier than what you think. But you have to understand the process before you actually move forward with it. Sure. It's so, great of you to offer that. It's um, oh, yeah. I, I think a lot of the
1: reason that people can get uncomfortable or are uncomfortable around firearms is just because of the lack of knowledge, lack of experience with it. They're they're not scary monsters that are going to hurt anyone. Um, yeah. But, you know, they haven't been exposed to it and, or, or have, don't have any training.
0: Yeah. And the, the one thing that really upset me and the reason why I started giving the Handgun One class for free is I noticed a lot of people are popping up attempting to try to become firearm instructors. There's nothing wrong with that. If you want to become a firearm instructor, by all means, go through the process and do what you got to do. But please do not think that being a firearm instructor is that easy that you could just start it up today and just start teaching people. You know, so when I seen that come about and everybody's, you know, trying to profit off of it, you know, of course, you're going to pay for the skill set that you're receiving from somebody else. I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with that, but I'm a firm believer in if you're new to firearms, let me help you get you there. I'm not asking for anything, but let's get you there so you can decide which way of the journey you want to go. If you just want to do self-defense. Cool. If you want to do competition shooting. Cool. It doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying? But let's get you there. You know, so that's that's my whole take on it.
1: Oh, that's great. I like that. You and I are both, you know, certified firearms instructors, but right. um, I don't really charge for, you know, the stuff I do. Some of the concealed weapons classes I have to charge for because the state, you know, has their fees that, that I have to pay as an instructor. But right. I'm just happy to help people out too, um, you know, as much as I can. Just
0: Yeah, and one thing... I discovered when I was in the military, when I was actually, you know, going through like the CQB course, that they had a snipers program back in World War One or World War Two, and they died it out. It's just, they didn't see a reason to continue it on. And then the next war, they needed it again, and nobody knew where to start it at or what to do or anything. So they had to rewrite the book all over. Oh, really? Yeah. They it lost was Yeah, it was, it was interesting. Um, take of everything <laughs> the way the instructor presented it, and of course, when I looked it up, it was true. And I was like, "Oh man, that's that's pretty interesting." And yeah. then, of course, you know, the next realm of the book being rewrote was the Marine um, Hitchcock. Okay, um, uh, am I saying his name right? <laughs> um, the legendary it sounds familiar. Yeah, the legendary sniper. Um, And he, damn, he lived in Virginia, too. <laughs> you know, man, I can't remember his name. Um, But I ended up reading this book when I was over in Afghanistan and, you know, everything, you know, it panned out for. It. So I'm a firm believer in if I got the knowledge, we got to pass it on. We got to keep passing it on because, you know, shooting is one of those fundamentals that if you don't use it, you're going to lose it.
1: All right. I had to look it up real quick. Carlos Hathcock. Yeah.
0: Carlos Hathcock. That's yeah. What it is. I, I knew you were close. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I got like a thousand things running through my mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, but at the same time, when we got um, new gun purchases coming about, you had a lot of people who go to the store and thinking you can buy firearms, like you can buy toilet paper, which is not the case. But one thing you can do in certain states, and depending on where you live at in the country, you can buy ammo like you can buy any any other type of good off the shelf. But since the Corona-19, you know, incident took place, ammo is scarce now. It's like you can barely find it anywhere, and they can't keep the trucks on the road with ammo long enough. As soon as it hit the stores, it's already gone. Yeah. You know, so um just be careful of the type of ammo you use and if you are new to firearms or just inexperienced please understand the difference between training rounds and self defense rounds yeah.
1: yeah it can it can yes it can make a big difference um some some of the people that you know are new to shooting may also be intimidated by the ammunition and and I know people are scared of hollow point bullets. Uh, I think yeah. they've even outlawed them in New York, which I think is crazy. They're designed to be a self-defense round. Uh, your, your normal practice ammunition, like a full metal jacket, round nose bullet is designed for practice round to practice ammunition. And it will just penetrate, you know, flash and keep on moving. The, the hollow point bullet is designed to stop inside of, you know what it comes in contact with so it's a safer round to use for self-defense and it's also more effective
0: are you sure hollow point is not armor piercing i heard that one time on the news
1: armor piercing (laughs) oh yeah
0: (laughs) it literally said on the news one time that a hollow point bullet is armor piercing oh Um, man
1: must have some crappy armor
0: Yeah, that's what I said.
1: Plastic armor, uh, maybe.
0: (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) But once again, like I said, if you don't get educated, um, once you hear it, you're going to start believing it if you don't do the research yourself and just go to credible sources. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So um, if you happen to find some ammo and you know people or companies that are selling reliable ammo, please go to the M-W Tactical Facebook page and leave it in the comments um, under this post of the release of this podcast so everybody can get informed some way or another who are in need of some form of ammo. And certain areas might get hit harder than others, but at the same time, understand your family and your property are going to be protected in this time of need. You know, Um, also in relation to the training that we was talking about, I got into a debate with somebody on Instagram two days ago in regards to putting up free training videos. And it was pretty hilarious to me. How did that go? Um, the guy came on and pretty much stated like who I was and why I'm, I'm not doing this, and other people are doing this. And my reply simply was, Mike is Mike. I can't be anybody else but myself. But everybody else who's doing this, have you went back and seen their course curriculum, what else they're doing, All right? How many other people are giving a free class like I'm doing? You know, so you call me up and say, hey, I want to get that free class. Okay, we talk about it. We arrange the date. You get a free class. I don't charge you for it. There is no hidden agenda behind it. But you can also go to my website and look at the videos I give where it talks about, you know, fundamental trigger site, picture site alignment and all that. And of course, you know, his reply was, I didn't know you did all that. Well, how about asking the well, question? Yeah, you criticize me, <laughs> you know. Um, but I'm also not the type of person I'm not trying to jump in front of the camera, like, hey, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, or do this, do that, and you're gonna get a free hug from me. <laughs> you know? free, free hugs, you better not hug me, you gotta stay six feet away from me, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Social distance, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um. I'm I'm just not that guy. I really don't do stuff for attention because I'm all about helping people. I like to help people.
1: I do I do too, and that's really why I got into the uh, instructor side of it too. Um, I I just enjoy helping people, and I feel like it's it's some you know it's a way for me to give back to our shooting community and help people become more comfortable and maybe not you know be scared around firearms. It's it's not
0: necessary. Yeah. Um, like I said, um, I, I don't know what's going to take place in the future, but whatever you do, if you decide to turn to a firearm, please, please, please go to your lo- local gun shops, get on Google, do a search for instructors in your area, ask questions to your neighbors, your friends, family, who they know that is a reputable firearms instructor and get that training so everybody can be safe.
2: Yes.
1: Another analogy I thought of that that kind of I like to use, like you were talking about the uh, race car. Mm-hmm. Um, but if just because you go out and buy a uh, instrument, a musical instrument or something, buy a guitar doesn't make you a musician. Correct. So, so You do need to know how to use it. And it, <laughs> it cuts down the learning curve. If you get some training, you start with some training.
0: Oh, yeah. So one thing I can say, though, is. Please, um, of course, when I post anything, I like to use Instagram more than anything, but I also repost everything on Instagram to Facebook as well. So go to either Facebook or Instagram, Instagram handle at Munitions Weapons Tactical, or just put Woodland in the search and it, it'll pop up. And the same thing on Facebook, just M-W Tactical. And just look at some of the stuff that we posting up. A lot of news articles, a lot of stuff that I'm doing in my journey through the 2A community just to keep people engaged and informed and trying to stay active with it, you know. But speaking of Instagram, CSRA Shooters have an Instagram page right now. I just started it yesterday. <laughs> yeah, buddy. <laughs> I've got one
1: post so far. Uh, well,
0: we're going we're to change that because we're going to throw yeah. a bunch of videos on there. <laughs>
1: no, I just... Uh... I don't know. I mostly had focused on Facebook, uh, just trying to keep up with our shooting community through Facebook. But you talked me into uh, getting playing around with Instagram. So I got a page started, CSRA Shooters, and I'll, I'll get more posts up there for sure.
0: Yeah, I think I think Instagram is fun. <laughs> you know, just in like the conversations you can have on Instagram and a lot of the stuff I see on Instagram because. I think Facebook, in my opinion, is too open, you know, and it's a little difficult to narrow down unless you're a part of some like secret Facebook group or something like that. Yeah. But I don't so much stay on Facebook too much every now and then, you know, like I'll write you a message on Facebook all the time. But like if you go to my personal Facebook page, I don't really post anything on there like, hey. I'm at Walmart shopping for chicken or I'm at Jiffy Lube getting an oil change. You know, I don't do stuff like that. You know, my, yeah. <laughs> my, my personal page is nothing more than stuff I, fi- I find funny and I just post it because I find it funny. And I'm if I find it funny, I'm pretty sure somebody else will find it. Funny. Yeah. You know, but you know how that goes sometimes.
1: I did get a uh, reply from J.J. Ricasa when I posted the video. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: hey, so let's, let's talk about that a little bit here because I found that very interesting, and I was telling my brother about that last night, as a matter of fact, that J.J. Rikaza put up a video of him doing these little drills he do. Yeah. And, you know, he tells people, like, go out there, try it, and tell me what you think. So I told my brother, right? Because he's not really into the shooting world like we are. And I said, JJ Ricazza is a guy that lives out in your area of the country, very fast, won multiple titles, but he is really known for his speed, you know. And he did this drill, but Dave did it in half a second faster than JJ Ricazza.
1: He said, um his Reply was, what did he say? It's like full auto or something. <laughs> I I, it's just we're not shooting matches right now. So I don't know. It's just something that gives me something to do, something to work on, playing yeah. around with these drills.
0: I'm still working on that quarter drill he put up. I haven't tried it yet. Oh, man. I, I'm still trying that and I can't You're get past quarters three. all
1: over the place. Oh,
0: man. I'm about <laughs> to put a hole in the wall. And I just got to finish painting it. <laughs> You know, so, um, but I'm finding a lot of these challenges that people are coming up with. Some of them are funny. Um, some of them are engaging, but, um, a lot of them I'm like, I'm staying away from that. I'm I'm doing that.
1: (laughs) So the one I, one I did was a six reload six. So it's Mm -hmm. drawing from the holster, firing six shots, reloading a fresh magazine, firing six shots. And, um, the way JJ was, was posting these drills is you, you have to do it first try or cold, you, you know, you can't just stand there and, you know, do 20 runs and, and take the time of your best run or whatever. Um, so fortunately I knew I could beat this time, but I wasn't entirely certain I can do it first try.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so I, I just tried it and, uh, it worked out. got it. I did that six reload six in uh three seconds.
0: Hmm. So, let me see. How far were you standing from the target?
1: Uh, seven yards, I think.
0: Seven yards. And was there a parameter on zones to hit, or was it just time?
1: Yeah, the way he had posted it was Alpha Charlie. Um, hmm. And I think he said for military and law enforcement, he wanted them all in the Alpha Zone.
0: Hmm, okay. And what, what were your hits? I did let
1: one slip out into the Delta Zone, but all the others, 11 shots were in Alpha Charlie. So I think that, after the reload, I think my first shot coming back down on target was a little soon.
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Was it off the reload?
1: Yeah, I think so. It was it was a high delta. So I think yeah. that's what it was when I was bringing the muzzle back down. I was trying to get on the trigger as fast as I could, and I just got on
0: it a little, a little too quick. You know, that's one thing I realized, too, whenever I was doing a reload coming off the reload, I would always miss the first shot. And I didn't realize I was doing it off the reload for a long time until Tom had told me that. And he was like, "Yeah, when you're reloading, you totally miss the target." <laughs> and I was like, "And I think it's just the moving too fast and where you think you are and you're not even there and I w- really don't see the sights, you know, like when you're trying to reload and move at the same time." Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but now at the same time, when I reload now and coming back on, it seems like an eternity to me, but if you watch a video, it actually, like, you can see me slowing down and then engaging it now. So I'm like, oh, learn something new from that. So
1: that's good, man. There's always, there's always something new to learn.
0: Oh yeah. Yep. And
1: that's what it is? I, um, when I first got in a competitive shoot, I've been shooting, Handgun since i was 21 you know when i was old enough to legally buy one Mm -hmm. um but i just you know within the last few years got into the competition shooting and when i first started i was amazed at how much there was that i didn't know and and the more i learned the more i learned that i didn't know so i don't know if that makes (laughs) sense but there's so much you don't know that you don't know yeah and uh, it's still that way now man i'm still discovering new things that i don't know and stuff i need to work on
0: and i'm the same way whereas like i went out there and did some practice with wally and of course you discovered something new and i'm like okay cool i gotta work on this i gotta work on that and i've been saying this now for two months that i wanted to work on movement and wally is big on working on movements especially entry and exit um when it comes to you know the course a fire you're shooting. And I discovered moving to the left while moving is non-existent for me. Every moving (laughs) forward to the right and to the rear, I'm good with, but moving to the left is non-existent for me. (laughs) Well, you know what that means. Practice, practice, practice. (laughs) Every time you
1: go out and practice, that's what you have to do now.
3: (laughs) Move to the left.
0: (laughs) Oh, man, it looks kind of funny walking around the house, you know, and – of course you know all my movements now are when i'm going to the left that's how i'm moving i'm kind of simulating me walking to the left you know stooping down a little bit
1: you know. so i think people kind of tend to have a dominant side also like a, a not necessarily a leg but you know kind of like you have a dominant hand you you're more comfortable right taking steps or, or moving and in, in, to one direction versus the other, but you know it's, it's just something you can train into yourself. But
0: well, um, I noticed, noticed that in jujitsu, we always say that you know you can always do one side good; the other side is like, man, you know you just got to work on it. And it's just like anything else, you know, right hand, left hand. If you do strong hand, weak hand shooting, one is always going to be better than the other for yeah. a long time. I was shooting better with my left hand. Like when I first started doing competition shooting, but now that I'm more into it and I don't practice with the left as much as I used to, I shoot better right-handed now, you know? Yeah. But back when I was shooting better with my left hand, when I was in the military, I had broke my right hand. And I was still going out shooting with my left hand, you know, because they wouldn't let me go on patrols but i was trying to prove that hey look i'm still relevant i can still do this you know and of course when i would shoot i wouldn't even think of just blah, blah blah and everybody man you shoot better left-handed better yeah. than right-handed, you know? that's a
1: good way to learn offhand shooting <laughs> yeah
0: yeah when you're forced <laughs> to do nothing, <laughs> you know <laughs> um but at the same time you know what i'm saying like we said earlier, it's a skill trait. If you don't use it, you're going to lose it. Yeah. And yeah, it definitely is. You know, now I'm I'm tending more back to shooting better with my right hand versus my left hand. Yeah, I focus on it more.
1: Well, it's, you know, the new gun owners that just are just getting into it, it's you know, maybe a little intimidating going to a, a class or something, but it really yeah. becomes an enjoyable thing once you get over the the fear or anxiety if, if you have that right. you know, towards firearms. Um, it's fun. <laughs> it yeah. can be and, and that's kind of what the competition thing is what keeps the the training fun and interesting, I think because you, you know you' you're working gun manipulations and shooting. Um, and it can re- you know relate directly back to self-defense as far as gun handling goes. It's a fun way to train.
0: Well, I can actually say for everybody out there listening, I was, please go to Facebook, look up Lucky Gray, and give him some words of encouragement because as of right now, I'm still 1-0, and and he's <laughs> going to need all the well wishes he's going to need because I'm going to talk smack until the end of this challenge.
1: So <laughs> 1-0, you beat him at the last match?
0: Yeah, but that was the Mid-Carolina one we did last month. Okay. Yeah, or the, yeah, well, technically it would be last month. Um, But it was the Mid-Carolina one. That was the last one we shot before everything started, you know, getting pushed to the right.
1: Yeah. Maybe yeah. we can get back this summer, have some matches turn up again.
0: Oh, it's, it's coming back. It's coming back. So I'm thinking what we're going to do is we're going to keep, a tally and the smack talking going on until about Christmas. And then the beginning of the year, we'll turn it up to do something different. They start all over reset or something like that.
1: (laughs) So good. Tell me again, you guys are, uh, you're raising
0: money. Yeah. Yeah. So what we, what we're planning on doing is of course, we're already doing the smack talking between us, between the match, just bragging rights. But what we're, thinking about doing and trying to put into the works. We're going to come up with a GoFundMe and people can place bets on who they think are going to win between Lucky and myself at that match. All, All right. the money we raise we're going to donate to Mid Carolina for their Toys for Tots uh Christmas charity um shoot they do every November.
1: Good. That's a fantastic uh Match. It's it's a, such a good cause. Yes, um, I enjoy enjoy just being a part of that match every year. Yeah, it was it was
0: fun this year or last year rather. I don't think I helped with the setup, but I remember I rode. So you shoot one day and I rode the next day. So it was almost like working a state match,
3: mm-hmm.
0: you know. And um, it was very fun. Very fun good yep so once again i want to remind everybody please head on over to instagram and look up the csra shooters page what's your handle on that Dave? uh
1: i think it's just my name yeah csra shooters and my name david
0: lyle okay yeah so hit hit that up and give them a follow and we're going to go ahead and try to get those numbers up to at least, well, let's say, what, a thousand by the end of the year?
1: <laughs> that Yeah, there's not much to follow right now, but I'll get some more posts up there
0: for sure. Oh, yeah. We're going to, we're going to get some videos up there, throw it up there, get people to like it, and um, throw some tips and challenges out there for people to to go out there and do some training videos on there. A little, well, yeah. not training videos, but little tips. So let's put it like that.
1: Yeah, that sounds good.
0: Oh yeah. So please go hit up um CSRE shooters on Instagram. Follow me on Instagram at munitions weapons tactical or just put in Woodland in the search and it'll pop up. Um you got anything else going on you want to talk about before we take off? Uh no, that's it, guys. Just keep training. That's it right there. So keep keep training, wash your hands, drink plenty of water, <laughs> <and> <laughs> get out there and just do it all right so please stay tuned and hear some words from our sponsors
2: hey this is brian conley at hunter's hd gold if you've never tried hunter's hd gold then i challenge you to find me at a match next year go to the website under scheduled events find out where i'm gonna be come meet me in person and demo a pair for yourself
0: Word on the shirt word on word the word sh- on the Right now we are dealing with the pandemic from the coronavirus and asking everyone to stay healthy and follow the guidelines that are in place for everyone's safety. Please find the time to go out and exercise and stay active within your homes whether you are rediscovering a hobby you put on the back shelf or taking the time to do some spring cleaning. In this time of crisis, please do not panic. For those of you who are new to firearms or just looking for some tips to stay vigilant, visit the M-W Tactical YouTube page and see the various training aids we put in place. If there is a topic related to firearms you would like for us to discuss, please contact us either on Instagram, Facebook, or email and we will make it happen. For Instagram, do a search for at Munitions Weapons Tactical, Facebook, Search for M-W Tactical or email us at info at M-W Tactical dot com. Battle at the Beach has been rescheduled to take place May 28th through the 30th. For more information, contact LowcountryUSPSA dot com. Steve Anderson will be teaching his two-day class in Columbia, South Carolina on nine through ten April. If you or anyone you know are interested in taking this class, there are still four spots open. Email info at m-wtactical.com for more information.
3: The Gun Cleaners.
2: Our solvent is, I think, second to none. Our lube is second to none. Their lube's heavier than water, which is just a huge thing. People don't really put a lot of thought into that, just how huge that is to have on your gun, especially if with still carry.
3: The Gun Cleaners.
2: Oh, yeah, most definitely. You know, you're going to sweat a lot of the other lubes off. With ours, it'll stay there.
3: The Gun Cleaners.
2: And maintaining the quality of the process,
1: the quality of the end result, is another. And you guys are able to do both with the
2: process that you have there.
3: Order your supply of the lube and the solvent at www.theguncleaners.com.
0: What's up, good people? Thank you for taking the time and listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. Please go visit the M-W Tactical store at www.m-wtactical.com forward slash store and help support our efforts by purchasing a shirt or two. If you haven't done so, go follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for M-W Tactical.
2: Hey, this is Brian Conley at Hunter's HD Gold. If you've never tried Hunter's HD Gold, then I challenge you to find me at a match next year. Go to the website under scheduled events, find out where I'm gonna be. Come meet me in person and demo a pair for yourself.
0: For those of you who do not know, I was afforded the opportunity to take this class that was taking place in Augusta, Georgia, and wanted to see for myself what others was talking about. Check out this interview with Tim and hear his analysis of my shooting. All right, good people, we're back at it again. And if you don't know, now you know, I got him back, had to pull his ear, had to pull his arm, the problem with some chocolate chip cookies, <laughs> I want to welcome Tim Heron back to the M-W Tactical Podcast. How's it going for you, Tim?
4: Uh Michael, it's going great. Thank you for having me back. This is awesome.
0: Hey, hey no problem. Now, I, I will tell you this, and I'm not inflating anything, and I'm not trying to give you a big head or anything to that nature, but whatever took place on the first time you was on the M-W Tactical Podcast, that is the highest download it listen to um stream i have done no solo kidding. as of yet yes dude that's awesome yeah that's it awesome. and um it was like i was talking to a few people one day i was like yeah the highest one i had was 95 but that was when i was considering that to be season one and this is season two and then i hit refresh and i was like it just jumped up to 109. That's <laughs> it, awesome. And yeah, and this was like one streaming platform, and I think now it's well over 115. So I didn't go back and check today. But cool. I was like, that's awesome, though. You know, But I'm not a numbers guy like the senior right. is all the time. <laughs> and I, I just did it out of curiosity off of that last conversation we had. Yep. So um, now, last weekend, we... Well, two weekends ago, whenever it was. It's last weekend. Uh huh. That's okay. You know, my memory is shot. So you got to (laughs) forgive me. My days run together. (laughs) So last weekend, we um, attended a Tim Heron two day practical performance class in Mm -hmm. Augusta, Georgia. And I was kind of hesitant about going into it. Right. I will say that. Right. Cause to be expected, sure. Yeah. And it's one of those type things whereas, everybody says the same thing but whatever happened between the podcast and talking to you in augusta Mm -hmm. there was something that clicked there and the way you conveyed the information i was like oh man he's talking the language of mike that's that's it (laughs) yeah i'm with this and i don't know if you noticed it but through the conversations, I just put my notebook down and I was like, okay this is it right here now you're on my platform I can I, to
4: I that. did notice that yeah yeah so
0: and like I said um for anybody who's looking to take your class, if you have any questions, please call me or email me I will talk to you about it but I will not tell you the formula of the class because you will have to go pay and get it for yourself <laughs> but I will tell you this stuff actually works and one thing I'm a firm believer of is the instructor has to show and prove their material so it will be validated Mm -hmm. and from the first exercise you led by example it wasn't one of those hey just do as I say you was like I'm gonna teach it to you I'm gonna show it to you and then we're gonna evaluate it debunk it and then you're gonna do it so like I said overall experience for the class that was an a plus plus in my book.
4: Oh man that's awesome. I'm yeah. so glad you came. So glad to have you in class. I, I had a I had a wonderful weekend there as well. So oh yeah I, mean, like it, I hope I hope it, it I hope I was able to exude just how passionate I am to want to help people improve you know no matter what their skill level is. That's, that's my biggest thing. You know, I mean, like, I mean, we had guys that were, you know, got a, a a very high skill level, such as you and a a few other people in the class to, I mean, we had a couple of shooters that were in the, in the class that, uh, you know, probably hadn't been shooting all that long. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I've, I've got every single student's vested interest in the class at heart. You know, I mean, that's, that's, that's why you guys are paying me to be there. It's, it, you know, and that's, Like I said, I'm hoping I was able to to prove that and show that to you. So It was, um, like I said,
0: for me, I was more like, okay, this is what I think. But I can't look at myself and say, okay, I went from here to here. That's where your job is to tell me where you think I progressed from and to. Right. But I was looking at a few other people in the class the ones who never took your class. I wasn't focusing on the people who already took your class. Mm -hmm. And there was one female that stood out. And even though she admitted that it was too fast paced for her, um, but then too, she was of the older generation. You know, I hope I said that in a respectful manner, (laughs) but she did gain a lot of information for what she did take in. Sure, and, and I, I was like, man, I could see her progression in a four-hour time span, and that's what was remarkable for me.
4: Oh, absolutely, yeah, and it—I mean, that—that that, I kind of felt the same way, and you know, as much as I can try to tailor the information to every single student, you know, unfortunately, and I, I think it just that kind of happens sometimes, and especially in a class environment where there's such a vast amount of information that's being shared over, uh, you know, 16 to 18 hours together over a two day time frame. that sometimes, you know, for, for a lot of people, it, it kind of feels like you're drinking from a fire hose, you know, and, and it's, it's a shame that I don't have more time. You know what I mean? Like I, right. I wish that, I wish instead of it being a two day class that I could convey all that information over four days time, you know, but, For some people, they might feel like, ah, man, that's a little slow paced then. And other people would still feel like, you know, that's just about right. And other people still be like, I'm still overwhelmed, you know? So I I think it, I think I do a probably a pretty good job of, of ensuring that the information is conveyed, you know, well, regardless of your, you know, of your uh, skill level, you know, or, or level of expertise. Um, But, you know, at the same time, yeah, I, I kind of fear sometimes that, you know, maybe some theories or or techniques or things like that might might be kind of pitched over some people's heads once in a while you know but I mean the great thing was is she stuck with it she did everything i, I could have possibly suggested to help that and it showed immediate improvement you know and mm-hmm. a few things i mean she she was willing to give everything a try even if she didn't necessarily feel like ah you know I, I don't really know why yet i'm doing this but i'm doing it you know, which which I thought was great. It just showed it, she had a willingness to improve regardless. So,
0: Now, I can honestly say this in um, my skill level. I'm at that point where I don't feel like <clears throat> it was too much information over the time period. But I agree mm-hmm. with you, whereas I wish we had more time to do more with it. Oh, but absolutely. At the same time, you know, you expressed it perfectly in the class and to paraphrase what you actually um stated was, um, you might be one who can handle it, but let's look at somebody else who's not as hungry as you, whereas you don't want to lose their attention or their focus in the class. Right. So, right. and like I said, um, by you doing that as much as you have as an instructor, you know, everybody who instructs have to understand that breaking point when the student and the teacher might have a disconnect, you know, nothing against you, but it's just some people's information flow coming in. Sure. That mental, you know, what we kept saying out there, you know, tired is something real. Fatigue yep. is a real. Thing. Fatigue is real. <laughs> it sure is. Yeah. So <sighs> I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to break down everything we've done off of memory because I didn't once I I put my notebook down okay because I was having that much fun so I put my notebook down so day one we walk up everybody gives their pleasantries everybody talks a little bit told a little bit about themselves um you came in you gave the safety brief you gave um the medical portion you know what if somebody was to go down who's gonna do what this is the bag for this situation um designated the 911 caller everybody figured out Okay, if we call 911, what we gotta say because what four of us was out of town, right? From out of town. So um we got through all the admin portions of the class, and then you gave the stage brief. You gave us five minutes to do a walkthrough, mm-hmm. right? Um, I was looking at everybody and I was thinking, oh. This isn't that portion where it's to show what you got. (laughs) This is that portion where you need to analyze yourself and figure out where is your strong point and where is your weak point, but don't cut yourself short, but push yourself so you can actually see that limit. So that was the way I went into it, you know, and um, coming out of it, I wasn't pissed off because it was kind of cold I, i'm blaming it on the cold no it was <laughs> it was chilly story. saturday
4: morning that's yeah. for darn
0: sure yeah so that's that's my story i'm sticking to it but um <laughs> oh. <laughs> i did walk away <laughs> and stated it was one thing i wish i would have done better and possibly coming out that first corridor doing the reload going into the window shooting and mm-hmm. then do another reload going into that second corner and the first day i did it My time was 30 seconds, like 30.84, 30.9 something. It was was 30 seconds. I do know that. So, of course, you know, you was sitting there taking notes. So I was like, all right, cool. This is going to be great. You know, getting feedback off of you, observing everybody. But the conversation afterwards was really enlightening. But it wasn't like you was like, oh, my goodness, what in the world were you thinking of? I'm going to show you how to do it better. You know, it, it wasn't like that, you know, so I won't go ahead and let you give your spin on that. No,
4: I mean, and that's, that's just it. I'm taking, I, th- I think it's a really good way, like setting up the stage like that. Um, you know, minute one of day one, I, I think is a great way for you to not for you, the student to not necessarily feel the pressure of, you know, like, okay, you're going to step up to the line and you're going to perform, this drill or this exercise, and it's going to be under the scrutiny of, of me, you know, I mean, this puts you guys, you know, into, it kind of puts you back into the, you know, into the mix where you typically are at anyhow, you know, everybody wants to get better. They come to my class. The majority of students, I say, come to my class because they want to get better at practical shooting, whether they shoot USPSA, whether they shoot IDPA, um, uh, you know I do get law enforcement uh officers that uh, that take the class because they want to get better just at like the you know the the martial art aspect of practical shooting, you know how to move better with a gun, how to move more effectively and uh you know and be able to you know, to to manage and manipulate the firearm well, you know under other you know exercisers of stress, which is which is great um and and I that's that's the whole reason I built this curriculum was mm. in order to put everybody kind of at ease, you know, and put them in their, in their comfort zone. But again, let you, I I want to see how you figure out a stage. You know, I I want to see how you, when you're presented with a puzzle, how you solve the puzzle, you know, like, and, and watching, even for me, like I'm taking notes and, and looking at the different aspects, just kind of observing how you guys are walking the stage and breaking down the stage throughout your five minute walkthrough. You know, and so I'm not necessarily taking notes, like handwritten notes on that portion of it, but I can see where every single student's mind is at and what they're thinking about and, you know, and, and, and kind of figuring out why they're planning their stage performance or their execution of the stage certain ways. And it's, it's good to see, because like I said, it it kind of gives me, you know, that, that super early on um, indication of, okay, how are they going to, accept information when I start teaching and start coaching? How are they going to be receptive to, you know, trying new and different techniques? You know, am I, are they, are they willing to get out of their comfort zone or, you know, or are they steadfast on, well, these are the way I do things. And this is the only way I do things. And this is why I do those things. So, and those are, again, those are observations that I make outside of just even watching your stage performance. But yeah, I I mean, I, I, don't offer any initial coaching, on the, uh, you know, during the stage briefing or during your walkthroughs, you know, and I get, I get students that, you know, maybe they feel a little flustered, you know, like, well, I thought I was coming to the class to get help. And it's like, well, you are, but I need to see and understand how your thought process and how your problem solving process works so that I can help tailor the information to each individual student the correct way, you know, to make sure I'm hitting on the things that I feel or that we both collectively feel once we, once we kind of, you know, compare notes is going to be best for you or the best for, you know, uh, whether we're talking to like Travis, who, you know, was our our class host or, or Nancy, you know, like I, I want to be able to, to, to mold that information specifically for Michael Woodland, you know? So, and that's, that's kind of why I take the notes. And then I, I utilize those notes to obviously to give you guys points of feedback, after we run the stage, you know, after every student runs the stage and I, I get their feedback, what do you feel like you did well? What do you feel like you would have liked to have done better? And it, it starts that self-diagnostic process. And I think a lot of students have the ability to do so, but don't understand what to do with that information once they figure it out, you know, and that's that's what the key, you know, that's the secret sauce, so to speak, of taking my two-day class is to start understanding and learning the the hows and the whys, you know, and what the answers are for this is what's ailing me in my shooting. How do I fix it? You know, and me being able to provide you, these are a couple of ways to fix it. This is, you know, it's up to you to choose the best one for you, but here's the why and, and, and how of this. And here's the why and how of that, you know, and, and being able to give you solutions for your own personal shooting. So, and like I said, conversation after
0: the fact it was a pleasant conversation but then again i am one who opens up to constructive criticism right even though sometimes it might hurt but Mm -hmm. i do understand it is more helpful than anything so i took everything in like okay change this okay work on this or i gotta look at it from this perspective got it Mm -hmm. but i don't think well, I didn't notice anybody this weekend who was opposed to getting that feedback. No, I agree. You know? Every, everybody right. stayed
4: really receptive to, to the input, Correct. which I thought was great.
0: Right. So now, after that first part, which was pretty interesting, mm-hmm. now we went into a couple other drills. Okay. So I'm not going to talk about the drills individually because, once again, if you want to find out what these drills are, that will open your eyes as much as it opened my eyes on something. On <laughs> one particular training technique, you have to get with Tim Heron and go to the class and find out yourself. All right. So. The next thing we done. Well, that was pretty much it for day one, because we did the stage <laughs> and then we went through a series of different drills. hmm. We ate lunch and then we came back
4: and went we over built, some more drills. Right. We built some more, we built some more exercises and drills that that right. are kind of stepping stones, right? Each each thing is 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 kind of is a building block to the next thing. So it's not like, hey, we're gonna work on this and then okay, now we're going to ignore that and now we're gonna work on this. It's mm-hmm. okay, we're gonna work on this and now let's add this to another dynamic of shooting okay and then when we're done with that now we're going to take these two things and we're going to ball them up together and mold them and we're going to add those to a third dynamic of shooting and so i i i think you were pretty you know like you were interested of course in that same aspect that like you had even made mention after the class on sunday that you liked the way everything kind of stair-stepped you know or, or was a building block to the next thing and you know, and again, it's it's one of those things we get to start with the, the fundamentals and get everybody a fundamental platform, you know, a, a, a way to build upon themselves throughout the beginning of class to the end of class and to take beyond the class to where, you know, it's just a couple of super simple things in your shooting that can make all the difference in the world between just making noise with a gun and actually being effective with one. So that's that's very true. And
0: outside of that, by the time we got to like the second exercise after lunch, mm-hmm. that's when Travis was like, "Man, the questions you're asking, I would have think you already took the class. I, was like, <laughs> yeah, I might need to stop asking questions no, i
4: thought it I thought it was great because it was just mm-hmm. it was amazing to see that your that your particular feedback or your input, like you already had the questions, you know, like every time that yeah. i I provided a why for something you know, you also like you had the next question almost as if like to segue right into the next segment. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you're giving us the why for this, Tim. So when would it be appropriate then to utilize this in another scenario? And it, it would just be like, are, did did you read my curriculum or something? Because it was, it was just it perfectly segmented or segued us right into the next segment of training, which was, which was fantastic. You know, it was like, like I said, it was almost like you were able to read my mind and understand like, why i've built why i've built the curriculum the way i have you know right. whereas somebody else might not be able to understand it until they get about midway through say day two before they start mm-hmm. to go ding oh now i understand why all this stuff has come together this way whereas right. you were just like man i got this question and i'd be like hold that thought michael because that's what's coming <laughs> next and you were like damn it it's like that guy knows you know which i thought <laughs> like i thought it was great
0: so yeah, yeah and like i said it, it was eye-opening for me because a lot of the stuff you were saying to me, mm-hmm. I've, I've actually stated it out there. I think a lot of people saw what I was missing far as a link in the puzzle. They didn't want to tell me so I could either catch up to them or pass them. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not, but like I said, it was that connection right there. And it was just the way you verbalized it, it made it easier for me to understand.
4: That's awesome. And
0: And I'm not no rocket scientist, so, you know, the way I, like, think of things, I actually think of things backwards, (laughs) you know, (laughs) compared to most people. That's how I verbalize it. All right. So now we're going into day two. So at the end of day one, I was mentally drained. (laughs) I was really mentally drained. And I won't say I was like, let me take in this, let me take in this to take in too much. I think I was just more mentally drained because I was having so much fun that I was applying everything to my maximum ability (laughs) to Mm -hmm. try to perfect it. And that's that's why I think I was more mentally drained at the end of the first day.
4: Oh, sure. It's it's, it gets taxing after a while.
0: You know, it's it's
4: your shooting has become so subconscious for so long that to, to have somebody kind of steer you back on path to, you know, maybe, maybe making a more conscientious effort, you know, or a conscious effort of, of what it is that you're doing, or, you know, maybe, maybe reprioritizing your particular shooting just a little bit, you know, now it's, it's taxing mentally because you're like, well now, now I've got to stay, I've got to stay in focus of what it is I'm doing to ensure that this stuff is, is, is being prioritized, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, that's and,
0: good. and yeah, like I said, overall, just like I said when we was having dinner, if you're not having fun, I don't think you're learning. Right, right. So that was always one of my things when I was um in the military, especially when I was a drill sergeant. All right, so now we step into day two, and once again we go back to that stage again, mm-hmm. and you pretty much said you would like for us to keep it the same way. But if you decide to change it, that's up to you. But I want—I would like for you to keep it the same way so you can actually understand why you did some of the things you done. All right. In a, in a roundabout way of how you said it. Mm-hmm. So I pretty much ran <clears throat> the stage the same exact way, made pretty much the same mistake in that window port, <laughs> um, you know, actually shooting out all the rounds and realizing it and the second time I think I did a flat foot reloaded on mm-hmm. um, the second position and finished up the port and then finished up the rest of um, the course and um, but my time was three seconds less so I was at 27 point something at that time with a higher hit factor right and that was the start of the day and like I said once again um, you said it perfectly whereas you don't want to give us Eight chances to run the stage because now you you're practicing for the stage versus practicing for your skills. Correct. You know what I'm saying? So um I was like, okay, now the wheels start turning again. What's coming next? So I was already prepared. <laughs> what's coming next? So now a lot of times do you see a drastic improvement or a decrease in improvement? the second day most the first run
4: most of the time beginning um so first runs of day two is when i typically see the most improvement in shooters um first of all it's still morning right so it's the very first thing that we do of um, uh, both days. So it's not like, well, I've had, you know, 600 rounds of, you know, good warm up practice and I've, I've shot a bunch of drills and then I'm going to just throw you back on the stage and say, there you go. Now, everything you've been practicing over the last seven or eight hours, now just apply it. Right. Because I think that gives people a false sense of security into, right. man, I'm getting good. You know, it's, it's the same reason why, and we talked about this a little bit in practice too, you know, in, in the class too, like why it's super important to base any any drill that you do to base your drill level your competency level and your you know and your uh, like your maturity of that of that particular drill based on an absolute cold run right versus mm-hmm. oh i've had you know i've i've been practicing for 45 minutes to an hour i've you know i've put a couple hundred rounds down range now i'm all warmed up now i'm going to execute that drill and that's going to be my recorded or my logged drill time to try to better or better or improve myself on. And I think you're doing yourself a very, a big misservice by doing that. um, You're a disservice by doing that. I I think it's more important. Like I want to know how I compare to my best cold from a week ago or from yesterday or from the day before to what I can do cold now after I've had a couple of practice sessions or after, you know what I mean? It, so right. I think it's a, it's a much more true, um, a true reflection of increasing, of being able to see increases or record increases in your training. So, and that's kind of why we started the stage again on day two, most of the time. And of course, that's why I kind of reiterate to students when they're walking the stage, like, you know, if, if anybody, you know, unless you completely crash and burned or had a, you know, a a, a gun malfunction that cost you 10 seconds on day one. Obviously, we want to fix that. But I'd like you to maintain the same stage plan and execute it roughly the same way, but only working on the things that we truly worked on yesterday. Like, I want those to be at your main priority list. You know, how's your grip? How are you managing the sites? You know, how are we doing on transitions? Are you working about, you know, are are you really... Focused on moving the gun efficiently target to target, you know, and if you, if you see those increases or you see those things improve on the stage, I mean, it, I generally see more improvement on that first run of day two than I do even on like, say the last run of day two. And I think a lot of it has to do again with that, that kind of same things like, oh, now that we've got all warmed up at the end towards the day two and we kind of do graduation and run the stage a third time then everybody starts to play mind games with themselves. You know, everybody starts to get wrapped around the axle. Of like, Hey, you know, Travis, would you run on that? Hey, Michael, would you run on that, man? You know, man, you ain't nothing. If you don't put me, you know, beat me down by five seconds on this. So people start, unfortunately they start kind of disrespecting that process and they start putting again that, you know, uh, you know, we, we talk a lot about that throughout class, you know, process versus results. And they start stacking that result in front of the process. And that's when we tend to see people, you know, they'll have a, Maybe a smoking fast time, but they go back to missing a lot of targets, you know, or missing a lot of shots or things at the end of day, too. Or, again, fatigue is real. Sometimes you are just your brain is taxed. You know, It's it's been a long two days. But um, I think that's why it's important for me, um, you know, to to try to to convey that to students that man, it's not about this particular stage. This stage is nothing more than a means of being able to exercise all of the, all of the techniques and all of the topics and all of the segments of every, every part of the class and be able to put them together, you know, in a single execution, you know, and, and how much of that sticks. So yeah, I typically see most people improve, like I said, first, first run of day two. Um, Sometimes people are so willing to just to step out of their comfort zone that they'll improve drastically by time. But maybe the points aren't right, you know, aren't there right then and there, but they can still see that, oh my God, you know, I ran it the same way, but because I was transitioning the gun, I was five and a half to six seconds faster than I was on day one, you know, and other people were like, man, I, I, maybe I ran day one really, really fast, but I had six or seven mics on the stage and they come back on day two, you know, first day, first run of the day. And they, you know, maybe they put the stage together and they're hitting everything not only are they now a half a second to a second faster just because they're smoother and they're more efficient, but now they're also hitting every single target that they're, that they're aiming at and they see a drastic improvement that way. So being able to pinpoint improvement, not just in the hit factor. Sometimes the hit factor is not there, but sometimes the improvement is, oh my God, did you see how well you did this particular array or that particular array or Man, look at your movement and how you had the gun up ready to shoot when you got to a position versus, you know, coming in yesterday and almost shooting reactively or feeling surprised about what it was you were faced with when you got to that position. You know, and like I said, I think it's important because I I think it really reinforces the the teachings of the class and everything that you learn in the class versus just, hey, we're going to shoot this stage, you know, 18 times over two days. And at the end of the two day class, you're welcome for all that great improvement that you got. Well, you're, you know, again, it's, you're really not making great improvement. It's, you know, if we took that stage down and and put it back next week, you know, for a local match, chances are, you're going to run into the exact same mistakes you did before. So, you know, my job as an educator, I think, is to actually provide an education that whys and what's and how's and how comes, you know, uh, for, why techniques matter and why efficiency matters and why things work the way they do. That's very true. Then after
0: running the stage, um, we broke down and that's when you started working with everybody on a certain part of the stage. Mm-hmm. Right? Once again, I don't want to reveal the class to everybody because you have to go link up with Tim Herron and do the two day practical course. But now I will say, um, one drill, if you will allow me to, um, when you was working with everybody on one part of the stage, Mm -hmm. you set up another drill on the other side, which was transitions. Mm -hmm. And I will say, um, Dave and Wally have been, you know, coaching, talking with me over the past six, seven months in total about transitions and splits so of course going into it i already felt like okay i know kind of what to do Mm -hmm. and then of course when i started getting my rhythm and understanding okay all i gotta do is look at the point figure out where i gotta step and then the lean into the shot you know taking that first step I was like, "Okay, my rhythm is there." So it was almost like I was dancing with the gun. Mm -hmm. And when I did it with Travis, we was had a discussion of, "Am I doing this to continue to the next movement, or am I just doing this to try to fire off that next shot placement, far as the end of that array, or you know?" So that was our debate right there, Mm -hmm. and. He kept saying, like, when I stop, I shouldn't stop to finish the shot. I should stop to get ready to depart and go to the next position. That's right. Right. And Mm -hmm. I was like, I got what you're saying. It's just not registering with me because I already know that's the last two shots I got to make. So that's why I keep finishing the way I finish going towards the right. But when I go from right to left. Mm -hmm. It's totally different. It's like I'm ready to take off again, you know? So, and that was a plus, I, I believe so. Good. Then we went back to lunch, day two, <clears throat> went back to lunch. Um, we had our lunch. We came back to the class and that's when we went over that portion again in more detail. So mm-hmm. it was like a little bit more breaking down. A little bit more um, one-on-one coaching, and a little bit more insight of, okay, this person's not doing anything wrong, but you have to understand the way they're stepping, the way they're analyzing, the way they're processing everything. This mm-hmm. is what you got to look at, and this is what could help you. So I felt like that portion of it was, hey, help everybody you can who see who you see that are stepping wrong, and you know, push it forward. Right. That's kind of what I got out of that, one, that portion mm-hmm. of it. And after that, then we went back to the stage again. And this was the part that I was really looking forward to, but I didn't know we was gonna do it. Because this is when I asked you, like, um, all right, so how would you actually run the still in the drop turn? And that's when you say, Hey, we're going to deal with that after lunch. So I was like, Hey, there we go. (laughs) (laughs) So, for those of you who follow me on um, Instagram at Munitions Weapons Tactical or on Facebook, just M W Tactical, you will see the video of me and Tim running that drill. And that drill that I ran, that was the tougher of the two that Mm -hmm. we done. So, by that being the tougher of the two, On the left-hand side, my left-hand side, as you're looking at the camera, there was a bottom target, a partial, and then another target on top. Mm -hmm. But I missed the top two because I was rushing it, trying to hurry up and get to the drop turn. And um, I ended up getting two alphas on the drop turn, but missing the two before the drop turn. And the way you analyzed that and broke that down, it was perfect because the conception of time and what's going on and what you got to do makes it seem like your window is minimum when you have, well, you know, in the sport, two seconds is an eternity. It's a lifetime for us. It sure is. And that two second gap, you know, it was like, Oh my goodness. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Now that is really opening. So I want to get your perspective on that one.
4: No, I thought that was great. Um, Yeah. And so, you know, we I designed the stage kind of s- strategically so that there is a, a like a mover or activator sequence. Sometimes, you know, depending on the club that that uh, that I happen to be traveling to that, to 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 host the class, you know, sometimes they have a, a drop turner or a max trap or a you know some sort of an activated target that presents itself. But then it disappears from you, you know, so you get you get a presentation on that target for, you know, maybe a second or two or or what is perceived to only be a second or a second and a half or so. And then it's gone, you know. And so, I, again, it's it's working that into the stage. I get to see how confident a particular student or shooter is in their ability to compress the amount of things that they do in a given amount of time. You know, do they get really unnerved? Um, when, uh, when presented with something like that, you know, like, again, how do they solve kind of like, how do they solve the puzzle within the puzzle, you know, so to speak. And we, and we do, you know, we talk, I bet we cover, we probably cover over an hour just on, you know, activator arrays and sequences and why timing those things is important and why, you know, understanding the concept of time on those and then being able to to understand you know, all these numbers I throw out at everybody throughout the entire two days. You know, we talk about splits and transitions and draw times and, you know, and movement times and what all those numbers mean and and being able to give you guys a breakdown, you know, or and a thorough understanding of, you know, when I don't have the gun up ready to fire when I get to a position, what does that cost me in time without having to necessarily always see the timer to see it, you know, and, and being able to build everybody's confidence in this is what I can do in a given amount of time. And the great thing was, was, I mean, I asked everybody there, you know, like, okay, so we've been talking about transitions and splits pretty well all weekend now, you know, like everybody's heard all these numbers I've been giving them. What do these things mean? You know, if I've given you two and a half seconds of time, what can you do in two and a half seconds? And I mean, everybody, um, in, including the, the the young lady that was maybe, maybe felt like things were kind of over her head a little bit. Everybody was able to, to immediately clue into like, oh, that's why all that stuff was important. Well, yeah, I can do this, 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 and this in a second and a half to, you know, to a second and three quarters of time, you know, and it's just like being able to see their eyes open and like, oh my gosh. So why am I waiting to activate, you know, a, a, a moving target, you know, or a disappearing target, dead last, and then just burning an extra two seconds or two and a half seconds or what, whatever the time may be, on just waiting? What can I have done to, to build efficiency within just that one portion of the stage? So you know, we break that stage down into just an eight round or nine round drill, um, and get to drill just that, and, and it's really neat to see from a from a teaching standpoint to see everybody's confidence like i mean skyrocket you know to where i mean they're like i you you couldn't have told me yesterday morning you know day one that i would be doing it this way you know not 24 hours later and i i mean that to me that's like that's the proof that's in the pudding you know like this stuff works and it's it's great you know right
0: so Now I have to back up a little bit because I left something out that I really wanted to talk about or just clue in about. Okay. It goes back into more of you as an instructor, and I don't think a lot of instructors would actually do this. So me and Travis, we was going back and forth in the class, right? So Travis is running a Revolver. I'm running a 2011. Mm-hmm. So, distinctively, I think I already got the advantage of him, but for whatever reason, Jerry Mishlick is his superhero, so <laughs> he's running a gun like Jerry Mischlick, so he's fast with it. So, he's over there saying, okay, I did this drill in 1.93. You got to beat 1.93. And I was like, okay, I can do that. All right? So, then we started going back and forth, and we're trying to narrow the number down. And then – I think Travis said something along the lines of um, get that you're the man I told Nancy, hold the clock. And I was like, oh, Lord, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> and then you turned around and you did it at like one point six. Uh-huh. And it was just a movement drill from point A to point B, get two shots off and then go to the next point. But it stopped pretty much after the shot. Right. You know, so that was the competition that we had that when you jumped in at and I was like hey okay um yeah you the man you proved it <laughs> you know I know I ain't getting that fast but <laughs> you man um but at the same time that goes back to say a lot about you in regards to stepping up to the plate stepping up to the plate to show and prove <clears throat> that uh, your titles or, you know, anything along that regard.
4: Right. Right. And it, it wasn't, it, it wasn't done. I mean, and I, I think everybody saw that, you know, that it wasn't done like right. in a, Hey, let me show off kind of thing. It, it was done to just, you know, like, man, you guys are, you, I love seeing the envelope being pushed between the two of you. And, it, and, and again, it's, mm-hmm. that's what makes this so much fun, not even just in a class setting, but that's what makes competition so much fun, you know, right. but it was at the same time, it was like, what I didn't want to have happen was it's like, okay, so Michael lays down a a 1.82 to Travis's 1.93 or whatever. And it's like, haha, we're done. And, you know, like, I wanted you to right. see, like, oh man, we can continue to push this harder and harder. And, mm-hmm. you know, just when you think like, okay, man, I'm, I'm as there as there can be like, man, there, maybe there's, maybe there's another step. You know, maybe there's just a little bit more we can round the edges off on that to see just even just a little bit more improvement, you know, and, and that was the great thing was, it was just like me being able to kind of light the fire in you guys to like, oh, okay. So that ain't just it, you know, we're going right. to, <laughs> we're going to push on this even harder. And I, I thought it was great. So, but it, it's, it's fun to have fun with the students as well, you know, and like and, oh, yeah. and I'm I'm hoping, you know, like I said, that nothing that I demonstrated throughout the entire two days comes off as a, like a, a look at me or, you know, watch me do things. It's, you know, right. I, I want to show you guys what, what wrong looks like. I want to show you guys what right looks like. And then I want to show you guys what right looks like when effectively done as efficiently as I can demonstrate it to you, you know, and, and right. to, so I admit it's great as a teacher to holds me accountable. You know, I mean, if, yeah. if I can't practice what I preach, then I'm going to lose my audience.
0: Now, I can honestly say um, off of what you just stated, I didn't take it as you're showing off or a look at what I can do compared to what you. I I did not take it as that Good, because there was one point in the classroom and you stated it. You said everybody here can do the same thing I can do, probably faster or just under me. So I was like, okay, I'm going to push it now. Mm-hmm. You know, so during that course of that one drill that we was doing um from the first step where Travis got the one ninety three, my first run was no. Did he have one ninety seven? Yeah, It was one ninety seven he had. And my first run was one ninety three. Then I went back and I did it again. And then I got one eighty seven. And then you said, try it again, but really push yourself. And then when I pushed myself, I ended up getting 177 with Mm -hmm. one mic though. And then you said, okay, that's your limit. So now you know what it feels like. Think about it and just see the sights. And then when I did it again, and then I went back to 187, 187, 183, whichever one it was, it was 180 something. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, that's eye dropping right there. (laughs) You know? So I knew what I had to do, how I had to push myself. But at the same time, I was still in control. Yeah. You know, so that was like the lesson I got out of that one (laughs) overall. All right. And then we turned around, we did some more drills. So, once again, I don't want to tell the class, you got to go link up with Tim Heron and take the two day practical class (laughs) and make it happen. Mm -hmm. Then we did this one drill. and Travis kept talking about it. And I was like, okay, <laughs> dude, what, what is so special about this drill? Then it hit me. All right, this drill. This is a drill. You said that there's a patch you had made up for this drill. And if I you actually did it. Yeah, so mm-hmm. if you did it within your standard, you get the patch. Correct. And so far, nobody has yet to get the patch.
4: Nobody's yet to get the patch. So I've, I've had a couple really, really close. They either can hit the – they can either hit the – the, the transition standard, right. The timing standard. And they just don't quite have all nine alphas or I've had many, many shooters get all alphas and they're just missing the, they're just missing the timing of the drill just ever so slightly. And it's, it's, it's literally, it's a matter of just a, just one student. It's, it's a matter of time. somebody's going to nail it. And a lot of people (laughs) are going to nail it. So.
0: So what I was saying on the side, and I can't remember who I was talking with when I said this, and I was like, <laughs> if this would have been a day one drill, transition over to a day two drill, everybody would have rocked that one out apart, the park, you know? So because of the way you was teaching and how everything flowed together, mm-hmm. it, it would have played a part into everything, because everything we did tied back into the beginning. Right. So it really made a circle. And... Like I said, when I did it, I felt like I was getting it, but that barrel kept jumping out, <laughs> trying to trip me <laughs> I mean, visually, you know, but I was like, okay, that's, that's pretty challenging. I like that. I like that. And Steven, he almost had it mm-hmm. and he ended up getting the Charlie. And I was like, man, he would have been it. That would have been it. You know, so once again, it doesn't depend on or uh, doesn't matter on your level, right? It's just some portions of it, some people are gonna pick up faster than others, depending on the drill and what you work on more of than
4: anything. Precisely. Yeah.
0: So after the barrel drill, we go back and uh, we do some more talking, we answer some more questions, we had a round table discussion mm-hmm. and Then we rounded up the day by doing the stage one more time for the third and final time, all right? So now I'm looking at it as, oh, this is a free-for-all. You can change anything you want to change. Just run it the best you can. And from the beginning, all right, leaning around the first barrel, I felt like I nailed that. I'm on top of it. I get up there to the still, and I kind of flustered myself a little bit, Right, had a mistake, but then I felt like I picked it up, right? Made up the mistake. So I go back into the port. And once again, that port <laughs> runs me dry on the ammo. So I do a flat footed reload, it finish sweeping out the port. And then after I left the port, I can't honestly tell you what took place after that because the fire came on. I flipped the switch. Yep and that's when you was like you was moving right there and it was beautiful (laughs) so like i said after the port i I can't tell you what happened after that because i didn't videotape it
4: (laughs) yeah you shot you shot definitely more like i could tell beginning of the stage you shot with more with your more conscious mind, you know, like you were, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to step right here and I'm going to move over to here and I'm going to do this right this way. And I'm going to move back here. I'm going to round the corner. Like you were, you were really thinking about everything. And then it's like, kind of once the, once the small mistake kind of happened and you kind of got back, kind of put the wheels back on, so to speak, you know, and, and you Mm -hmm. kind of got back on track. Then it was almost like you just executed the rest of the stage just subconsciously, which was as you should. You know, and, and it worked out beautifully towards the end, you know, the the other, the second half of the stage was, I, I, so I was like, man, you were moving, you know, like Mm -hmm. you, I could tell you weren't analyzing every individual thing that you were doing, like you were in the first half of the stage. So, and it's, and again, it's just, it, it kind of be one of those things to kind of key in or reiterate to yourself that like, yeah, I need to get out of my own, my own mind's way, you know, like Mm -hmm. I I need to have a, a definitive stage plan. I need to be able to execute that stage plan. I, be, I need to be able to visualize that stage plan. But when the moment I make ready and I step up to the line and I've made, I've made ready and the gun's in the holster, I need to clear my mind and just allow the subconscious to happen. You know, the, the, again, the, the conscious thought is what are the two fundamentals? You know, I want to grip the gun and I want to manage the sights. I want to hit every target, you know, and that should be the only thing that you think about everything else was pre-programmed when you did your stage plan, right? It, it just becomes subconscious. You just, you let go, let go, move out of your own way and execute. So, and I, I, it was great to see you get a much larger glimpse of that instead of it just being like, well, I don't know really how I did well over here on this or why I did so well on that, but I overthought other little aspects of it. It was like, once you got the flow, you just, like I said, then it became just subconscious and you executed and it was right. it was great to see.
0: Yeah, and, and like I said, um, when Travis was talking to me about it, he was like, "Yeah, when you got here, you did this, you did that," and I was like, "Travis, when I left that port, I honestly I couldn't tell you what I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember." <laughs> and he was like, "Oh, okay, well, you hit that point then. I got it." <laughs> yeah. And then he walked off, and we kind of laughed about it, <laughs> you know. So, and that was the conclusion of the class, and everybody had their portion. Now my time went up one second from the second time. So I ended up getting 28 seconds the third time. Mm-hmm. I had more Charlies and the hit factor went down uh, not much. much. Yeah. yeah, it, it, it wasn't much, but at the end, Travis had asked who hit the, um, the highest hit factor in the class or the high shooter or something like that. Mm-hmm. And when you was reading it, you was like, yeah, Mike got it. And then Steph was like right behind me and she was running PCC. So, yep. And I, I was like, okay, I didn't know we were doing that. I know I was fighting for that, but hey, I'm glad I got it.
4: <laughs> so well, that's, that's the thing, like I, I keep the practice score, you know, and I keep the tablet so I can, I can monitor and look at everybody's times and hit factors so that it gives each individual shooter, you know, kind of like their, their goal or their metric. Right. But at at the same time, like that's what I don't want the class to turn into is a, well, who got the overall win? Well, who was fastest on day two? You know, I I want this to be about you as an individual bettering your current level of skill, you know, And, and understanding like when I apply, even if I can only apply one or two things that I learned throughout the class into a stage plan, I can expect an improvement. You know, and maybe it's an improvement of a second or two, maybe it's an improvement of, you know, five more alphas instead of five Charlie's, you know, but you like you would expect an improvement based on application of even like, even like I said, even just a couple of techniques or or skills that we worked on. So, and that's what I want. That's really, that's the reason why I, I use the practice score is just to give each individual, you know, the kind of a glimpse into where they started and where they finished. So, but yeah, it does always kind of turn up into, you know, towards the end of the day is, you know, everybody's like, man, I wish I had an extra run on that. Or man, if I had one more time on that, but, and I, I like that because I like that hunger and I like that, that drive and determination because that's what you're going to take with you from the class into your next practice session, into your next local match, into your next major match. And that's, I mean, that's, that's why you're there. You know, that's why you, you, I'm hoping that's why you came and took the class was, to, to build that hunger and get out of those plateaus that you, you know, you might've been facing or struggling with. Right. So
0: now um, wrapping up the, you know, podcast coming to an end with this interview. I would like for you to give the report card only on me from the class. Cause like I told you earlier, I didn't get permission to talk about other people <laughs> in the class, but if you can give your honest assessment report um, for me from your class, so everybody can get a clear understanding of everything I'm talking about and what you've seen.
4: Yeah. Um, so my biggest observations with you were you, you push footwork and foot speed over just about anything else, you know? And I think, I think for us, for a little bit there, I think you would kind of prioritize that maybe, USPSA or maybe practical shooting was more athleticism than it was about the shooting. So I I could tell just in your own practice what it is you've really been focused on, which is just like explosive movement. Unfortunately, maybe sometimes that explosive movement isn't necessarily the most efficient way of moving. Um, But at the same time, you were so focused on movement that you had kind of disregarded the importance of, what it was like to like grip the gun correctly or grip the gun adequately so that you could have more control on the gun and and utilize a a better advantage on the gun or more leverage on the gun. And Mm -hmm. seeing immediately seeing literally a a full 180 in how you approached the stage and how you approached the rest of the class just from honestly from the very first stage, the first stage assessment when we when we discuss things and again, kind of compared notes on what you felt you did well and kind of what I observed it, I thought you did well and things I thought, you know, we could, we could improve on. I mean, I could tell you were like, okay, I'm all in on this. Let's, let's, let's find improvement. Mm-hmm. And you know, two, two drills or two exercises into the day on, on day one, for me, it was awesome to see like that light bulb moment or that aha moment when you were like, Oh my God, like I can't believe I disregarded the importance of this. But being able to see the importance of, you know, gripping the damn gun just a little bit harder and being able to instead of thinking about making the gun go off, but just managing the sights while I let the gun do its thing was just it was it was eye-opening. I think it was eye-opening for you. It was great for me to see because it was like, yeah, right. we're not gonna have to visit this again, you know. Like I think. I think Mike's got it. Like he's gonna just and just you did. Like you everything else that we did throughout the entire two days, like I could tell you were making a conscious effort to stress I need grip pressures on the gun and I need to just manage the side pictures. And you know, shot calling was drastically improved. And then being able to put even just those those two or three skills that sets back together on a day two in the stage. The great thing was is you weren't surprised by your hits in, on the stage run on day two, whereas the stage run on day one, you know, like you, uh, you know, as the, as the RO was kind of running around and, and yelling out the scores, you know, two alpha on this target and alpha Charlie on that target, like you had more of a vested interest in how did I do, how did I do, you know, like you were, you were listening in, the RO, trying to listen back to the calls, you know, and if it was like, oh, it was an alpha Mike or an alpha Delta, you know, you, it's like, you were surprised by, ah, damn, I can't believe I got a Delta on that versus day two, when I was the run, running the RO, you know, ROing and kind of counting up the scores. It was great to see that you were able to start scoring your stage run as you were making mm-hmm. the run. you know, Like you weren't surprised by Oh, I was alpha and a Charlie and two Charlie. And I mean, and I could come back and turn around and look at you, like, okay, so what did you feel like you did well? Or what did you, and you were like, yep, I rushed this position right here a little bit, or I didn't get my eyes to where I wanted to look. And it was great to just see you completely self-diagnose and not only be self-aware of the mistakes that you had made, but also know immediately this is like being able to reach into your pocket and slam a tool down on the bench and be like, and that's the tool I need to use to fix it. And this is how I fix it. Like being able to give me that feedback on day two, that, that, I mean, that's, that's a plus plus, you know, I mean, I felt like, cool, I can pack my stuff. My work is done, (laughs) you know, like, (laughs) and, and, and for me, that's, that's the best thing. That's the best feeling in the world as a teacher, as an educator, as a coach, as a trainer, as an instructor is a, my, my, me being able to get on the plane to go home after two long, hard, you know, arduous days on the range and know that every single student I had there really took something that's going to make a difference in their shooting. And I, I, I couldn't ask for anything more. That's such that to me, that's better than winning a national championship to me. That's better than, it's better than any award I could ever win. Just, just knowing how rewarding it feels to know when a when when a shooter gets it, or that I've I, maybe I've conveyed something in a way that they're like, oh my God, I I can't believe I was missing out on that one little teeny tiny bit. And it made so much improvement or so much difference. And yeah, that that was that was awesome to see. Oh yeah.
0: So like I told you beforehand, um, my goal is to win a state championship, an area championship, or a national championship. Year, so like I said, I'm not stopping until I get one or all three.
4: <laughs> so. Honestly, I, I i don't see that being a problem.
0: Oh, yeah, so that's that's my goal, and that's where I'm at with it. So, here in the near future, we're going to be shooting area six together on the same squad. So, I'm actually looking forward to that, you know. So, um, I, I i go if it up to me i will forget videotape myself half the time so whoever i'm with they're the ones hey where's the camera oh yeah my bad i forgot (laughs) you know so (laughs) it might be one of those moments because i'll be so thinking so much about what i want to do and how i want to do it so yeah, no go for it go for
4: it and an area match yeah i mean it's it's great to get video you know uh to get video of yourself and things like that but Man, I, I can't tell you how many big major matches I've gone and shot with where, you know, like it's it's the taking video is kind of the last thing on my mind. You know, it just, mm-hmm. you know, if somebody doesn't remind me, hey, give me your phone or give me your GoPro or something and let me videotape you. I'll I'll completely forget because my first, you know, my, my first priority is I want to make sure that I'm doing my job, you know, as a competitor first to to compete at, at the best level I possibly can. So yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll I'll try to work with you on that as much as possible too. But I think it'll be, be fun for for you to kind of get to to see me more more at ease and and maybe not so much in just a, a teacher or instructor role, but as, as just a as a fellow competitor role too. So I'm looking forward to it. it's gonna be a, that's gonna be a fun match.
0: Oh yeah, I, I do agree with that one. So I'm really looking forward to that one. But how can the people out in Podcastville get in touch with you, sign up for a class, follow you on social media,
4: call you, um, whatever the case may be? Yeah. Um, so I've got a, a couple different Facebook pages. I've got my personal page, uh, which is just Tim Heron. Um, and then I've got uh, my my kind of my, my professional page, Tim Heron Shooting. Um, I've also got a, an Instagram page, which is also just under Tim Heron Shooting. Um, and I also have a YouTube channel um, where I do share. Um, things I do like exhibition shooting, kind of go fast, you know, go fast speed shooting stuff. I do share some uh, some instructional videos and things on there as well. I mean, I've got quite a bit of content on my YouTube channel as well that's also under Tim Heron shooting. Um, and then as far as my website, it's timheronshooting.com, um, or you can email me at tim at timheronshooting.com. Um, but the website itself has got uh, it's got a list. There's a schedule in there or my calendar of all of my classes through. 2020. Um, and then of course you can reach out to me, just like I said, at Tim at TimAaronShooting.com. Reach out to me. If there's a class in the area, you know, in your area that you're interested in um, send me a, you know, shoot me a quick email. I, I answer generally within 12 hours um, of being able to uh, and get you the information of the, who the class host is, who the range host is and uh, get you the information to get you registered and get you signed up for a class. Um, there's also a list of all the class offerings that I, that I do offer too. So not only my two-day practical performance class, but I also offer a uh like a one-day um match clinic, which is kind of a special thing um that we can do. We can generally set that up with like a local match kind of in your area, or if you want to come to New Mexico or come you near know, maybe where I'm gonna be shooting a match and jumping on a squad, and we can do like a, a, a one-day um, match clinic where we'll shoot a match together and I'll give you instruction and feedback on your match performance, as well as then be able to, uh, you know, spend a couple two or three hours outside of the match, working on things to, to make you a better shooter and, you know, for, for future matches. So, but I also offer, you know, one-on-one instruction. I also offer, um, online, uh, online instruction, which is, you know, and we do, we kind of utilize, uh, Skype or other video chat, uh, uh, media outlets in order to kind of, to kind of sit down face to face and, and, uh, you know, figure out training plans and, and, you know, again, kind of just do the one-on-one thing with, with students. So yeah, I've, I've got lots of outlets and lots of ways to, to be able to get in touch with me. So yeah, like I said, I'm a firm
0: believer in this and, um, I can vouch for this guy. So if you're looking to up your game, contact him on one of those platforms and make it happen. (laughs) Tom, once again i want to thank you for coming on to the m-w tactical podcast and like i said last time anytime you want to come on the podcast you are more than welcome
4: i really appreciate it thanks again for having me tonight this has been great
0: hey no problem um but here we're going to have a few words from our sponsors what's up good people thank you for taking the time and listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. Please, go visit the M-W Tactical store at www.m-wtactical.com forward slash store and help support our efforts by purchasing a shirt or two. If you haven't done so, go follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for M-W Tactical.
2: Hey, this is Brian Conley at Hunter's HD go. If you've never tried Hunter's HD Gold, then I challenge you to find me at a match next year. Go to the website under scheduled events, find out where I'm gonna be, come meet me in person and demo a pair for yourself. Find out why shooters across the United States are changing the Hunter's HD Gold to get 43% more light to their eyes, better contrast, eyes that are not fatigued at the end of the day based on the, the colors that we use and find out the real meaning of why they change so you don't have to. So. Check us out on our website, huntershdgold.com, and I look forward to seeing you at the range soon.
3: The Gun Cleaners.
2: Our solvent is, I think, second to none. Our lube is second to none. Their lube's heavier than water, which is just a huge thing. People don't really put a lot of thought into that, just how huge that is to have on your gun, especially if you still carry.
3: The Gun Cleaners.
2: Oh, yeah, most definitely. You know, you're going to sweat a lot of the other lubes off. With ours, it'll stay there.
3: The Gun Cleaners.
2: And maintaining the quality of the process, the quality of the end result, is another. And you guys are able to do both with the process that you have there.
3: Order your supply of the lube and the solvent at www.theguncleaners.com.
0: Thank you for taking the time to hang out with us on the M-W Tactical Podcast. Remember, a new podcast comes out every Tuesday. If you cannot wait for Tuesday, go and listen to past episodes to catch up on what you missed. Make sure you visit wwwm w and see what all is offered on the site where you can't even purchase M-W Tactical Apparel. But please go to our Facebook and Instagram page and follow us on our journey in the sport of competition shooting and the realm of the 2A community. Until next week, keep shooting, keep practicing, and have fun.